And I want to talk to you this morning. It's about Valentine's, really. If you can apply it, I guess you can take it to the Bible and apply it to stuff. But this is not about Valentine's. Valentine's is a man-made thing. We get that, right? We don't get to go to the best steakhouse and have the best flowers and have the best candy. It ain't the end of the world, right? Well, three of you got it. It ain't the end of the world. We got a heavenly father who loves us. He has seen us through so much, and he is still there hanging on to us. He's teaching us how to live. We're going to look at him this morning. We're going to look at something in the Bible this morning, and it's about what he just said just a minute ago. It's because of this love that we get to get out of here. This world is going to hell in a handbasket real quick. There's a lot of stuff that's going on. There's a lot of the worldly stuff that's going on. There's a lot of worldly stuff happening inside the church, inside of families. It's happening everywhere. It's not because we don't let God come in. It's, it, we, we, we allow this evil stuff to come in. We allow all these things to come in and run us in our lives, but we're supposed to be an example for the world, and we're not going to be here forever. It's coming to an end, and it's coming fast. We're going to talk about the bridegroom is coming this morning. Now, 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 sweetie, when, when is, when is, is, I know it's the 14th, but which day is that this week? Thursday? Thank y'all so I don't get in trouble. <laughs> no, I won't get in trouble because, you know what? Sweetie don't walk there. Every day is Valentine's Day. Say amen, sweetie. <laughs> Help me out here. Because the love of God is in us, and the love of God has bought us. Amen? There ain't nobody in here got a story that ain't worth telling because of Jesus. There ain't nobody sitting in here this morning that ain't dealing with something probably right now that you need to go through. And I promise you this, if you'll hang on to the hand of Christ, you will come through it. You will come through it. Because you know what? He bought you. You belong to him. Now, if you belong to him, and you belong to him, and you belong to him, where are we going to be at? We're going to be right here together. Unity. That's exactly what's going to happen. Unity. Because he ain't doing anything else. Anything else beyond that didn't come from God. The bridegroom is coming. We look at all the stuff that's going on in the world today. I talked about it last week, and we're watching this thing about the abortion and, and the homosexuals, all this kind of stuff. We put all this stuff out there, but there is so much that's going on, even right now within churches and within believers, because they ain't letting Jesus have his way. It's his word, his will, his way, that's it. Amen? We get that part right. And things start falling into place. Are we going to deal with some stuff? We are because he's growing us. He's the potter, we're the clay. And if we don't hear it, then sometimes we've got to deal with some stuff. But don't ever forget this. The bridegroom is coming. Are you ready? That's the question. Are you ready? Because he is coming. There's people that says, well, we don't know about all this. I've even seen where preachers or organizations, uh, religious or Christian organizations, have been talking about other things going on and there's other ways and there's different stuff going on and, and talking about what the Bible is, parables of this and similes of that and, and all this and, and, and they're getting away from that Jesus is the way. Yeah. 
the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by him. You don't get to heaven. You don't get before God unless you go through Jesus. And you ain't going through Jesus unless the Father is drawing you. And let me tell you, if he ain't drawing you, I hope you haven't gotten to the point of no return. Because you say, you know what he says in the word? He says, many are called, but few are chosen. He tells us about, about, about the way. It's narrow. Straight is the way, and narrow is the gate that leads to destruction. I mean, what broad is the, is the gate that leads to destruction? There's a wide way to go, and that wide way will seem religious. It will look like something, but it will lead to a place of destruction. And the only way that we can follow him is follow his way. Friends, the bridegroom, he is coming. And it ain't because what we've been watching in the headlines just these last few weeks. He is coming because he said he would. And that's it. He's coming. Let me read some scripture. In John 14 and chapter 1. Read this up funerals a whole lot. But it ain't just a funeral, funeral message here. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. This is the red words. Where you at, Bobby? These are the red words here, buddy. They jump out. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. For where I am, there you may be also. Our destiny in this life is not where we're headed. Our destiny is where we can be with Jesus. This life is but a vapor. And it's going by very quickly. And we just opened Christmas presents last week and we're already at Valentine's Day. Is anybody else feeling what I'm feeling? This has been fast. It's moving on. Let me give you a picture of this love story. The bridegroom, that's Jesus. When you read that in the Bible, that's Jesus and he is coming. You see, in the old Jewish people, this is how they did things. And I'm going to hit it. You can go real deep with this. We're not going to go real deep this morning. We're just going to hit this. But in their ways of doing things, the groom would leave his house and go to the bride's house. Is that a picture of anything that you know of and heard of? You know, Jesus was around in the beginning, right? In, in Genesis, it led us, the us, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. He was there. It's all made for him and by him. It's for his purpose. It's for his joy. It's for whatever he wants. He was there then. He's here now. And let me tell you something. All this stuff's going on in the world. Don't get too awful worried about it. We can get ourselves off on a sidetrack, and that's exactly what Satan wants us to do. Just remember this. The bridegroom is coming. He's coming, and he's coming quick. But this bridegroom, he would go to the bride's house, and he would negotiate with the bride's father for her. He would negotiate a price for her. The purchase price. We buy things, we get a purchase price, right? 
and he would pay the price. And right, and right then and there, they're as good as married. Now, I've heard people use this and say that, that this is a lot like our engagements. No, it's not. I know a lot of people got engaged, and whenever it got time, they got cold feet or something happened or whatever happened, and they didn't get married. They weren't married. They hadn't consummated their marriage. But for us, with him in this, they were as good as married. They both, both drank from a communion cup, the cup of the covenant. They made a deal. And that's what I tell people when they get married, when we marry them. You're joining into this thing. You're joining with God. It's a three-way street. One of you don't get to choose. We ain't doing this no more. Because then you've got to ask God, Let me, what's God going to say about it? What God has joined together, let no man put asunder. One man, one woman, for life. If you've been down that road and didn't know it, you know what? His blood can forgive us. Amen, otherwise what good is his blood? What good is it me up here talking about a, a redeemer, a savior who paid the price? But friend, once you know about it, you don't get to choose and say, well, you know what, I kind of don't like them no more. They ain't, they ain't doing how I think they should be doing. That's not how it works. Now you reckon sweetie's going to leave me if I fail to buy her a box of candy and a rose on Thursday? No, she ain't because I have before. She didn't beat me up for it. She didn't get mad at me over it. It was okay. Now I want to show my wife how much I love her. And that's exactly what God did. This is how much I love you. I'm going to pay the price that's going to get you back. That's what he does. And he, and he pays the price. And that's what this is a picture of. And they drank from this cup. You know, we took communion the other week, right? It wasn't some religious thing that we do. It's what he showed us in here. Do this as often as you do in remembrance of me. We ain't drinking a cup of blood. We're drinking grape juice. But it's a representation. It's, it's a picture of us remembering Jesus. Don't we need to do that? Every day we got to take our thoughts into captivity. We got to put Jesus at the forefront. We got to hang on to him. And when we take that cup, that cup is a sign of the deal that was made. That's the receipt, so to speak. Jesus said, I bought him with my blood. Here's the receipt. He is walking around in heaven today. Actually, he's beside the Father. Now I'm praying for us. He's at the right hand of the Father. Forever making intercession for you and me. Do you realize how much he's praying for you? Whether the pastor's praying for you or not, you've got one much better. You've got Jesus Christ who is praying for you. Amen? We should be excited about that. Jesus is praying for you. He's praying for me, every one of us. That's what he's doing. You know why? Because he has purchased us. Now, once that's done, this bridegroom, he then leaves her, and he goes back to his father's house to prepare a place. What do you think about that? Let's get married, honey. Okay. See ya. Now, me and Sweetie's kind of had that over my years of, of wearing a badge. I was gone a whole lot. She 
raised them babies pretty much by herself. Everywhere they had to go, she was mainly the one taking them because a lot of times I wasn't home. Thank God the last eight years I've got to be at home and be with my babies, and I sure have enjoyed it. I think they ought to stay young for at least another 20 years. <laughs> stay at home. <laughs> Lord willing, we'll make room, get married to you, bring her there. That's what they did here in the Bible. Took his bride to his father's house. <laughs> or... That's where we're going. Ain't got there yet. That's where we're going. But he would leave. But they were going to be married. It's a done deal. It's set. It's already here. They just hadn't consummated the marriage. And she doesn't know when he's going to be coming back. Now you can just save your money at the Christian bookstore because all those prophecy guys, we get excited about prophecy. If I could write a good prophecy book, I could be a millionaire because everybody wants to know. We don't know. They don't know neither. They're writing down what they think. I heard a preacher preaching one time, and this was like two presidents ago. He said, this could very well be the last president that we will see. And I mean, he had like a three-week series on it. He was wrong. I don't listen to him a lot anymore either. He sold a lot of stuff, and I was one of them suckers that went and joined him with it. No man knows. The angels in heaven don't know. Only the Father. But I can assure you this, just as sure as I'm standing here this morning, you're sitting here, Jesus is coming back. Just as sure as you're here breathing this morning, Jesus is coming back. But she didn't know when he was going to be coming back. But he was going to return with a shout. Can you picture that this morning? What if it happens while we're in church right now and the voice of an archangel says, the bridegroom is here. All of our troubles are done. He's here. And if you know him, if you're serving him, you get to go. If you don't, you ain't. I don't care how long you've been sitting in church. I don't care how many Bible scriptures you can quote. If he ain't living right here, you ain't going. If he ain't got control of our lives, we ain't going. He has to be Lord. And a lot of the junk that's going on in this world today and inside of churches would not be having if Jesus was ruling and reigning in the hearts of men, women, and children all around this globe. It wouldn't be going on. Why? Because he's there. He's Lord. And he tells us how to take care of all of it. But he's coming back and there's going to be that shout. And when he comes back, what's he going to do? He's going to sweep up his bride in his arms and off you go. What a picture. What a picture. Mm, what a picture. Now, while he's away preparing this place, she waits, she hopes, she expects, and she knows that he's coming. I want to ask you this morning, church, do you know for a fact that Jesus Christ is coming back? Because the Bible tells me so, and it's the word of God, and he don't lie. 
He is coming back. And so she waits on him. She don't know when he's coming. But can you imagine how excited it'll be when you hear that shout? He's at the door. He's coming. He's back. He carries her back to his father's house. There's a big wedding banquet going on, a big party, a big feast. And then he takes her into the wedding chamber for seven days. That's the honeymoon. The honeymoon. And they consummate the marriage. And then they come back out. Takes the veil off of her face, and everybody can see his beautiful bride. Do you see the picture? He is coming back. Hold on to that. He is coming back. In John 13 and 18, he says, I do not speak concerning all of you. I know whom I have chosen. We're going to leave it right there. I know who I, whom I have chosen. He's saying, you didn't choose me, I chose you. Brother Danny, do you know that he chose you? Allison, he chose you. Shane, he chose you, son. Yeah. Brother Murphy, he chose you. You didn't choose him, he chose you. Sweetie, Jesus chose you to be his bride. You see, we are the bride of Christ. The body is the bride. All of us together is the bride. And he chose each and every one of us. Chose us all. And you say, well, I don't understand that. Well, here's the deal. <clears throat> and when we, me and Sweetie hooked up, that didn't sound right, did it? Y'all know what I mean. And, and, and you know, if I'd have waited for her to ask me to marry her, we might not be married today. There might not be no Megan and Ryan. But I asked this woman to marry me. She didn't ask me, I asked her. That's right. She accepted. She got herself ready. And for 23 years, we've been doing it. We've been doing marriage. We've got babies. We've had some ups and we've had some downs. We've had some things we ain't agreed on. And there's some things we probably still don't agree on. But you know what? We ain't going to let that tear us apart. We joined in a covenant with God Almighty and it ain't going to get tore apart. Brother Danny, you ain't doing anything to keep me from heaven. I'm sorry. Just get over it. You ain't all that. And nobody's coming between me and my woman. It's a done deal. Twenty-three years. Woo. We just signed on twenty-three years ago. If you knowed what was coming, she pats my belly. <laughs> the thing she made. <laughs> I love you too, sweetie. But you want to know something? That's exactly how it is with God. He chose us. There's going to be some hills. There's going to be some rough spots, but you just hang on to them. 
You know, I asked somebody yesterday, I said, you know what, of all that you've dealt with in the last, say, 20 years, and you've been a Christian for 50, would you have still signed on? And that's exactly what they said. Oh, yes, because everything I've gone through, I couldn't have done it without him. You can't do it without him. People of the world are going through, but here's the thing. He is coming back, and he's coming back for a bride who has made herself ready. You ain't made yourself ready, you don't go. He's coming back for this bride. And she's got her dress all fixed up and she's got her makeup on and her hair's poofy and, and you know, the ceremony is, is it, he's coming back for this bride who has made herself ready. But there was a purchase price. He shed his blood at Calvary so that he could have this bride. That was the only way it could happen. In 1 Corinthians 6 and 19 it says, do you, know, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have from God, and you are not your own. Friend, this morning, if you signed on with Jesus and asked him into your heart, you ain't your own. All that the flesh wants to do, it don't get to have its way anymore. At some point, we got to put our big boy britches on and say, this ain't going to go. I ain't following this way. I'm following the words that's in the book. Because the flesh will always want to come back out. He'll always want to rule. And let me tell you, there's plenty of people in this world, some of them call themselves Christians, and they will try to help you with that. But let me tell you something, he ain't never going to tear us apart. That's not going to happen. That's, that's the devil. You are not your own. If you're not your own, then you belong to him. In verse 20, for you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. This old spirit inside of this man's going back to God someday. I got the choice whether or not he's going to, that I'm going with him. And you best choose wisely because let me tell you something. Hell ain't going to be some big party where everybody's sitting around drinking beer playing cards and having sex whenever they want to, which is exactly what's going on in this world right now. People are doing what they want to do. I don't like that. Let me tell you something. Jesus purchased us with a price, and when you said, come into my heart, you ain't your own anymore. You now belong to him. There was a covenant, and this covenant is the receipt. It represents the purchase. In 1 Corinthians 11 and 25, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. That's why we do communion. It's so we can remember who Jesus is, remember what he did, the sacrifice that he made. You see, what he did is he gave his life for his bride. Husbands, are you giving your life for your bride? You can buy her candy and roses, you can take her out to the finest restaurant this week and it'll last about as long as the meal does. If you ain't giving your life for your bride tomorrow, the trouble you had going into the restaurant will be there when you get up tomorrow. You've got to give your life for your bride. I've been married for 23 years, therefore I do can say that. doesn't matter if I've been barren or not. That's what the Bible has to say, and that's true. Amen? I don't have to live this life to earn a right to be able to preach to you this morning. Amen? This is the word. This is the word. And it's a picture for us. He had to leave. He had to go and prepare a place for her. 
Jesus is preparing a place for you and me. Picture this if you will. They are still in science discovering stuff about life and about this earth. Oh, they just break their arms patting themselves on the back of all that they know and how we're able to put all this together. It's a big pride fest. God did it in six days, folks. The sun come up, the sun went down, he was done. The sun come up, the sun went down, he was done. He did that six days on the seventh. It was six literal days. Amen. Say amen because you got to get this. The world's teaching that ain't right. There are people in a pulpit this morning that's talking about it's a simile to something. No, it's six days. The night and the day were the first day. Six days. Everything and stuff they're still discovering he knew about it then. He made it. He did it then. Jesus has been gone for almost 2,000 years. Can you imagine what we're going to? He's been working for 2,000 years to prepare a place for me. Words cannot be spoken. No man has ever seen or heard or been able to fathom what heaven is going to be like. And Jesus has been diligently working, preparing a place for me, his bride. You, his bride. Can you imagine what it's like? Oh, he's coming someday. We don't have to stick around here. I can't, I can't wrap my mind around it. 2,000 years. Wow. Picture it if you can. I don't think we can. I'll tell you, it's going to be something. But here's the question. What are we doing? What we're doing here in this life is we're preparing a person. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, right? It's a free gift. We can't get it any other way unless he gives it to us. But then he comes around and tells us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. He told us how to live. He told us how we're supposed to submit and give to him. Not because I'm going to earn it. Yeah, you understand that, right? It's not, about, it's not about doing to earn. It's doing because we love him. And he showed us these are trouble spots. Stay away from them. You walk into the trouble places, I'll still be there with you, but we ain't getting out until you figure out how I'm going to do it, and I'm only going to do what the Word says. Everybody understands that, right? So our part is preparing. We're getting ourselves ready. We're preparing a person so that we can be ready for our bridegroom. Because Jesus is coming again, friends. He is coming again. She has to keep herself pure. In 2 Corinthians 11 and 2, For I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. For I, gave, for I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. See, what Paul is saying here, and every pastor should be saying here, is simply this. I'm just watching over the flock. I want to make sure that you're ready. This is not to beat anybody up when we're preaching things. This is to make sure that we're ready to remain pure, pure, pure. I want you to be pure. I want to be pure. Don't you want to be pure when Jesus comes? I'm going to tell you, if you're not pure, you don't go. Huh? Am I talking truth this morning, church? You got to be ready. You got to be pure. 
Can you imagine that he goes off, or you go off and prepare something for your bride and say you're gone for two years? Honey, we just ain't making nothing here. We're starving to death, and I need to go here where work is, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to prepare something. What would it be like, and you come back and find out she's unfaithful? Huh? Oh, my goodness. Find out that she's unfaithful. You see, there's this harlot called the world, and it has its own ways. They don't belong in a Christian's life. They don't belong in someone who is going to be the bride of Christ. We can't love this world and love Jesus too. James said it in 4.4, adulterers and adulteresses. So he's talking to the he's and the she's. There ain't nobody in between. He's talking to both sexes. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? He's asking a question there. Apparently somebody didn't catch it. You know what? We're living in a day and age today where somebody ain't catching it. Ask Jesus into your heart. Live however you want. It's a huge, huge thing going on nowadays. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. A friend of the world. What in the world is exactly a friend of the world? Acting like the world. Friend, you don't have to be heading to the liquor store after church today to be a friend of the world. We can sit here and stab each other in the back. And that's what the world does, not the church. And when we do that, it says we're an enemy of God. She not only was supposed to stay pure, but she was to prepare herself and maintain her wedding garments. In Revelation 19 and 7, let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. Who is the wife? The church. Each and every one of us. You are the church. Not this building. You are the church. We don't just get holy and righteous when we walk through the doors and we shed it when we head out the doors. That's somebody that's just fooling themselves. It's 24-7, 365. Are you getting it all right? Probably not. But I can tell you now, as long as you're repenting, he's just unfaithful to forgive. As long as you're calling on him, he'll get you to the place that it ain't in you no more. Hang in there. Don't give up. Just keep praying. Keep asking. Keep seeking. And keep letting God do the work that he's going to do. And eventually someday, some of the junk's going on in our life ain't going on no more. Why? Because now we're starting to live it. He's starting to live through us. Revelation 19 says, let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. And to her, it, ha it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Now what kind of dress are you making for your husband? Huh? kind of dress are we making? Are we acting like Jesus or are we acting like the world? That makes a difference whether it's a white gown or one that is not so pretty. I just did a wedding not long ago with Bonnie and Jason. She's all fixed up and pretty and oh it was just wonderful. It was a wonderful, wonderful evening. 
she made herself ready for her husband. She was up early in the morning awaiting him the, the time. I'm sure, I don't know, but I'm sure somebody said, he, he made it, he's here. He didn't get in the car wreck, he didn't back out. Because I asked them both, about an hour before the wedding, you sure you still want to do this? I spent many months trying to talk them out of it. One time that was probably the question they was asking, what are you doing? Well, if I can break you up, you don't need to be getting married. So I'm going to give you a whole lot of stuff here, and I'm going to give you some real stuff. Are you ready for it? Because it's a, it's a no, you don't back out of it. It's a covenant with God and you. You understand what I'm talking about? And, I, and if you come to me to ask me to marry you, you will do marriage counseling or you can get someone else to do it because I ain't doing it until we have this conversation, many of them, because we have to know what we're getting into. All you people that's been married more than uh, two years, stand up, please. Even if your spouse has gone on to be with the Lord, doesn't matter. I want to ask you a question this morning. If you live like the world, has there ever anything going on in your world, in your marriage, that you'd have walked out on it? If you're living like the world, remember the, the, the divorce rate is over 50% in the United States today. Huh? Have you ever had something that says, I'm about done with this? Have you ever had something to go on at the world and people that you might work with will tell you, no, I'd get rid of her in a heartbeat or I'd get rid of him. I ain't putting up with this junk. How many of you still married? I see your spouses are standing with you. How many of you kept it up till the end? All of you. You see, this is a testament to what Christ does. He gets us through the stuff. You can have a seat. Look at this. This is awesome. And you, have you had some rough spots, Roger? Have y'all had some rough spots? Well, we'll talk after church, and we'll try to help you get over <laughs> that. We ain't, had none, we ain't had none over at our house. That's a lie. No, we deal with junk. We deal with junk in the relationship, but we've determined this dude, we're going on, because you know why? We made a covenant. We're in love. You know? We're in love. You know, you can say that sometimes, I guess. And hang on to it because you are in love. Don't go, bed, don't go to bed angry. Settle it. Settle it. But they, she's making her garments. She is the one that's getting this ready. She is making this thing to where she's ready. She's waiting. See, that's what we're doing in this life right now. We're preparing our wedding garments. Somebody says something to you that the world and most of the people around you say, oh, I wouldn't be taking that. Look in the Bible and Jesus says, yeah, take it. Suck it up. That's the wedding garment you're making. That's the one we're making. And we're having Valentine's Day coming soon and we're going to pull out the pictures and the videos and get all lovey-dovey and remember back and think back to those days. Are you making your wedding garment ready? You see, you want to, I want to, to be faithful and pure and spotless. I want to ask you this morning, are you ready for Jesus to come back? Are you ready? Are you ready? Because there's coming a day that there's going to be this shout. 
The bridegroom is here. The bridegroom is here. He's here. Can you imagine what her excitement will be? In 1 Thessalonians 4 and 16, For the Lord himself did descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. The people, if he comes back before I'm done preaching today, the graves out here are going to burst open with those saints, and they're going to go just before us, and it's going to happen so fast. I don't know if we'll notice it, but it's going to happen, and we'll be out of here. There'll just be some britches and and a coat sitting here. And there will be people sitting here that knows what happened, but they would not be married to Christ. They would not submit. They would not give in and let the Lord be the Lord of their lives. Because He is coming. People always ask me, are the signs fulfilled for Jesus to come back? Let me tell you something. Since the day He ascended to heaven, He can always come back at any moment, and at any moment, He can and will come back. It may be before we get through preaching this morning. It may be before you get home this morning. It may be the second Tuesday of next week, if there was one. But the thing is, He is coming back. And we are to be keeping ourselves pure, getting our garment ready, because we believe and know what He said. I have prepared a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And you're going to be with me. That's what he's saying. You're going to be with me. At any moment, Jesus can come back. Let me tell you what this is about these signs, followers, and people. In Matthew 12 and 39, But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign will be given except the sign of the prophet Jonah. The sign's already been given. Jesus came to the earth. They killed him. They stuck him in a grave. He went into the heart of the earth, and three days later he arose. Victor. That's the only sign. That's the only sign. He goes on, and he addresses this again in Matthew in in chapter 16 in verse 2. And he answered and said to them, When it is even, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites. This is Jesus talking. You know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the, sign of the, the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign shall be given except the sign of Jonah the prophet. And he left them and departed. He had no more to say about it. There was no discussion to be had. He spoke. He told us what we needed to know. Yeah, it's getting bad in this world. Yes, they're probably going to kill more babies in this world. Yes, there's going to be people that's not going to stand for the flag. Who really cares? Jesus is coming back. We need to take them to Jesus. We need to let everybody know about Jesus. And when they know about Jesus and he comes into a heart, a person gets changed. Can I get an amen on that? That's why I was bawling this morning. I know who I was, but he chose me. And he's been working. Can, 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 y'all understand what I'm talking about this morning? We're passing through here. The United States of America, India, South America, and it's not our home. We are passing through. Don't get caught up in other people's junk. I always tell my children. Other people's got junk, they will invite you into it and they will trap you and you'll get caught up spending your time in other people's junk. 
Don't get caught up in this world's junk because then you start acting like you're not belonging to Jesus. That's the biggest threat and worry that I have. And I won't be pleasing to him. I'm not missing out on heaven over no human being walking the face of this earth. How about you? Well, and that solves it. There's no more problems between us, right? Because that's exactly what the devil wants to do. He wants to tear up every home. He wants to tear up every family. He wants to get at these babies. And he wants his own way to be going on. We're supposed to be smart enough to see it. And we're supposed to be smart enough to pray about it. We're supposed to be smart enough to keep preaching it and teaching it. And maybe someday they get it. Maybe they don't. But it's not worth us sitting there acting like a little child five years old and stomping our foot at just how bad this world is. It is bad. But we know Jesus. And he's coming back, and he's coming back for the ones that's made themselves ready. I know I probably went off on a tangent there that didn't go well, but it's okay. It is what it is, and it is true. I believe it with all my heart. I'll discuss it with you afterwards if you want. Because no man knows in John 14 and 3, and if I go perfect place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Heaven, folks, is a wonderful place. I mean, it's, it, it's going to be wonderful. It's marvelous. It has gates of pearls, walls of jasper, streets of gold. But that's not what makes heaven what it is. He said, where I am, there you will be. Jesus is what makes heaven, heaven. You're not even going to know that it's gold. In this life, we understand gold. We kill people for gold. People do that. They'll rob people for gold. They'll do all these things so they can get a hold of gold. It's worth something. It's worth pavement in heaven. Jesus is the reason that heaven is going to be what it is. He didn't say, if I go to a place for you, that where the gold and the silver and all the things of this world are, there you may be all. He didn't say that. He said, where I am, you'll be. Where I am, you'll be. Come on up if you don't mind. If y'all can put the words up to this song, if somebody needs to pray, they can pray. And if not, that'll be fine too. But I want you to sing it too. Because this is a wonderful song. I've been singing it since about 5 o'clock this morning. Couldn't get it off my heart. The marriage that we have today with our husband and wives, folks, it's a reflection of our relationship with God. In Ephesians 5 and 29, For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. You see, when you get married, you become one flesh, right? Man leaves his father and mother and cleaves to his wife, Right? They are now one flesh. But sweetie gets off on a tangent here and shoots a hole in the boat, we're both sinking. If I get off and do the same thing, we're both sinking. We're either going to work together to repair the hole and get the water out so that we don't sink and perish because we are now one flesh with God in the center of it. For we are members of his holy body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. There's the similarity. That's what he's talking about. Nevertheless, let each one of you in 
in particular, so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Now, friends, we're not going to trash mouth our wife, are we? Because we wouldn't trash mouth ourselves. Would we? We're not going to do these things because we love her. She is our bride. And Christ loves us. He sees us through a whole lot of stuff. You know, if God didn't have forgiveness inside of his heart and redemption, there's no hope. There is absolutely no hope. And this is the picture of what the church in Christ is. Ain't it wonderful to be a Christian, folks? Don't you believe it's wonderful to be one? If you think it's wonderful now, just wait till the honeymoon. Just wait till he comes back and gets us and wait for that honeymoon and see what that's going to be like. And one of these days, he's going to present us to this world. Colossians 3 and 4, and when Christ, who is our life, appears, then we also will appear with him in glory. You see, the world don't care much for us right now. They put us down. They talk bad about us. It ain't always going to be that way. There's coming a day we're coming back with our Lord. And he's going to say, this is my bride. We're going to rule and reign with him for a thousand years. Can you just picture that? We ain't even got the... Oh, there's just so much here that we could talk about. You see, he chose you. Brother Jeff, every time that the gospel is preached, Brother Wesley, every time the gospel is preached, Sister Sweetie, every time the gospel is preached, it's Jesus proposing. If you're here listening to this this morning, and you've heard this message, God is proposing to you. It's Jesus asking you, will you be my bride? Will you be my bride? Here's the marriage vows. I, Jesus, take thee sinner to be my bride, and I do promise and covenant before God the Father and these witnesses to be thy loving and faithful Savior and bridegroom in sickness and in health, in plenty and in want, in joy and in sorrow, in faithfulness and in waywardness for time and eternity. That's what Jesus is saying. I'm not leaving you. I'm going to walk with you through this. And you know what we say back to him? I, sinner, take thee, Jesus, to be my Savior. And I do promise and covenant before God and these witnesses to be thy loving and faithful bride in sickness and in health, in plenty and in want, in joy and and in sorrow for time and eternity. We are to be prepared and look expectantly for his return. He is coming. He is coming. I don't know when it's going to be. Nobody does, but he's coming. Are you ready?